Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Brought to you by Campbell's new chunky spicy soup. It's time to get fired up. How could you not be fired up when you watch Luka Doncic do his magic? I mean, Luka Magic on his birthday, second half of back-to-back after he scored 45 the night before, really, really should have gotten enough for the Cavs to win except for a Max Struess miracle. Uh, upsets them, and then they come in the following day against the Raptors, and honestly, the Raptors do what most teams do. Threw two guys at Luka, trapped them, blitzed them, you know, showed them all sorts of looks, and Luka does what Luka does, which is just walk around your entire defense. I mean, Luka plays the game. (laughs) Just at the most, the slowest pace. It, It is just uh, he, he doesn't even blow by you. He just saunters past you. And uh, excuse me, a little bump, a little magic, a little flare, a little pass, or just, you know, a little granny shot here and there. And all of a sudden, he comes up with 30 points, 11 rebounds, 16 assists, and just wows you throughout it. Even in a night where the Raptors couldn't really, or, or were probably pretty happy with the fact that Luka was only one for eight from three. I mean, he's making, like, close to four game. Last game, he was red hot from three, just a whole bunch of pull step back threes and uh he couldn't get those to drop but every time he got into the lane he got a good shot for himself or he got a lob for his teammate it's the same story we've all seen Luka Doncic and uh yeah the Raptors lose 136 to 125 so the three game win streak is over but uh still I mean you know I-, I think on the balance of it clearly the Mavericks have a lot of talent and the Raptors aren't really there to to match that type of production from them. Having said that, though, they, they did play close in the first half. They actually did hold a, a small lead going into halftime. The Raptors were leading by one, 67 to 66. But I think for the Raptors, they just didn't play enough of a composed game in the second half. A lot of, uh, you know, essentially unforced errors when you look at it. I would say the Mavericks don't put that much pressure on you defensively. They kind of absorb, you know, they got a little bit of shot blocking with Derek Lyle. Actually, a lot of shot blocking when Derek Lively's on the floor. He really can get up there, and he got up there for five blocks in 23 minutes. The uh, rookie uh, center who starts for them. Second unit, I think Daniel Gafford made a big impact with his physicality in the first half, but defensively didn't make the same impact. Um, but still, Dallas mostly is just waiting for you to sort of miss and then get the rebound and, and go the other way. And they don't even necessarily push that hard in transition either because they can just hand it to Luka and Kyrie, and you know they can trust that those guys can create good offense. Even Tim Hardaway Jr. coming off the bench for them gave them a huge spark, and I know he finished 5 of 13, but did a really good job in the second quarter creating a lot of offense. I think he made three threes in that stretch and also set up his teammate uh, Josh Green for another three. But still, uh, you know, I I just think the Raptors' second half just made too many self-inflicted errors. And if I just go through them really quickly, a lot of them in the third quarter when the Raptors lost momentum, it was like, you know, Gary couldn't inbound the ball. He was in the corner, couldn't get the ball inbound, five-second count, like, Come on, that's unforced, right? Like, I don't care what's really happening, and you got to get the ball in five seconds. It's fundamentals, it's basics. You had a, a ball swing to Grady and two defenders coming at him, and he decided to throw a one-handed uh, overhead pass back out to the top, and it was the right pass, it was the right one to make, except he threw it and, and just completely arrow-mailed it to the point that it literally landed out of bounds or rolled out of bounds uh, under the Raptors' hoop. So another play where you should have had a really easy opportunity, and he just throws it into the backcourt for no reason. You got Emmanuel quickly inbounding to RJ, but RJ wasn't looking. And instead, uh, quickly inbounds the ball anyway, and it just goes straight to Luka at half court with RJ just nowhere near 
aware of where that pass was. You know, that was a tough one. You had Scotty dribbling up the floor, and we've seen this happen a couple times with Scotty. He, he loses his hand a little bit. There's a bit of looseness with it, especially obviously when he sustains some contact. And this time, Luca met him. Not a foul, but there was a coming together, and Luca was able to easily swipe it away from Scotty pushing out that fast break. Or when Scotty did push the fast break, and it was a really good one, he, he, he dished it to Bruce, who was ahead in the play, and Bruce Brown had a point-blank layup in transition, smokes a point-blank layup. You know? And you also had Scotty with some turnovers in the fourth quarter as well, including one where the Raptors had a great chance to cut it to single digits, maybe maintain some momentum, you know, put together three, four st- uh, scores in a row. And he threw a bounce pass to uh, quickly, who was streaking ahead. But he was open, but he overcooked the pass, and it sailed out of bounds. And it's just little plays like that where it's like, look, I mean, the other way, the Mavericks are getting easy shots every single time between Luka, between Kyrie, and between all the attention that those guys bring to draw extra help and to set up other teammates versus the Raptors were just throwing away possessions. And, you know, I got the sense tonight that the Mavs defense wasn't even all that. Like, if the Raptors just didn't waste five, six possessions and scored on, like, you know, uh, I don't know, half of them, let's say, even, you know, I think that was a reasonable rate the Raptors shot around 50. So it's like if you score on half of them, like, you're all of a sudden in a game and whatever, in a close game. Of course, I would rather I would back Dallas with the kind of shot makers that Luka and Kyrie are. But still, at least you're in the game versus you are now lost the game and you're down by double digits for much of the fourth quarter. It's just for a young team, just learning to value those possessions um, was going to be a really, really big one because, you know, they show that they can compete with Dallas, you know, but uh, they just came undone. And I think that for the team, you know, uh, three-game win streak, this one, they didn't, really, they didn't play well enough to win, so you understand it. But at the same time, I think there's a couple areas you might look at. So, number one, um, I mean, look, the free throw shooting, I think RJ in particular, four of nine, he missed some key ones, uh, and he, he started the game missing two as well. Um, but overall, the Raptors shoot 20 of 30 from the foul line, right? You look at the game, they lose by 11. You know, you make more free throws, you're in the game more. You don't have those bad turnovers, you're in the game more and more. So those are the small details you want to see improve. I think, honestly, on the whole, the starting lineup played pretty well. Jakob Pertl, uh, despite rolling his ankle in the last game against the Pacers, was able to suit up two nights later, and he was ruled as questionable, but I think it was a good sign that the Raptors didn't have to call up Jonte Porter uh, out of the 905. Uh, that was a good sign that Jakob was going to be able to play, and he did play, and he played pretty well. I mean, there were no signs of uh, that lingering injury for him. In fact, I thought he was one of the Raptors' best players tonight. Um, and, yeah, the starting group played well. You know, um, Barrett, quickly, the two of those guys were really aggressive on offense once again for the starting group, and they led the Raptors in scoring 28-4 quickly, 26-4 RJ. And, honestly, both of those guys were carrying the bulk of scoring for the Raptors, primarily from the three-point line. Mavericks actually did have, like I mentioned, uh, I thought Lively did a great job uh, blocking shots at the basket. And even the rest of the guys like P.J. Washington, Luka, these, these, the bigger guys who they had lower on the floor, they did a great job of just swiping in and slapping away at the ball. And it was one of those nights where the referees weren't calling as many of those. So they were able to really get away and force some stops that way. But from the three-point line, you, could, you really felt like you can get the Mavericks to give you open threes. And RJ, who is an inconsistent three-point shooter, but tonight he was pretty hot, four of six from three, which is – it doesn't make sense to me that he was four of six from three, but he's four of nine from the foul line. I mean – it's a closer distance. Nobody's guarding. You get a chance to settle. Somehow he misses more of those than he misses from three. But it's great to see him knock down those threes. 
confident. Thomas on top of the floor, some from the corners as well. Just in general, him and quickly playing off of each other was a really, really nice system. And then quickly with five threes and just some pretty, you know, in terms of scoring that was looked effortless from the Raptors, I thought quickly did a great job with that. Mixed in a couple of runners, floaters, um, you know, was aggressive. He's, he's done this like four games in a row now where somebody will, usually a big, will have the ball in the post and they're looking to back down their man and quickly will run across the court and go from behind and poke the ball free. I don't know if that's like a, a new thing that he's doing, but there, you know, he is, he is coming up with those like, you know, uh, surprise steals with the random doubles quite often. And it's almost always on a big in the post. So you got one of those as well, but I just thought quickly was dynamic. He was able to get to the rim, even one-on-one situations. Like he had lively, for example, one-on-one and he just able to use his speed, blow pass and get to the rim and score there. It's very reminiscent of the last game where he was able to get miles Turner, uh, strung out on an Island. And you always want to see your point guard be able to cook against an opposing center. Uh, even though both lively and Turner are great shot blockers, quickly was able to use his speed, use his stretch, and, and just stretch his way to the hoop. And I like the way that they started the game too. Quickly and um, Jakob have been playing really good two man game, and and typically speaking, it's it's not always like it's probably seventy five percent quickly taking the shot, and then maybe twenty five percent Jakob getting the ball on the roll and catching and finishing around the basket. But I think Quickly's done a really good job of just um, using the screens from Jakob. And Jakob has done a better job of setting the right type of screen. So you saw here tonight where he was able to, you know, Jakob on two occasions in the first quarter was able to do the Gortat screen, which is he screens for the ball. Then as he rolls, he makes sure to roll and stop or even move towards his own man. So obviously that's the big in this case. So he creates the advantage on the ball and then he screens his own big. So that prevents the big from going across the lane to try to contest on the guard shot. Essentially, he's screening both players in the pick-and-roll action, and he was able to do that for quickly quite a few times. He did that for RJ as well. And, and just using and, and finding the cadence of knowing how to play off of each other, I think the, the chemistry between them is starting to grow, starting to continue. And I think quickly also fed him with a couple of bounce passes. I mean, we've seen quickly do a lot of good scoring, and you know this is a, a couple games in a row now where he's hit 20-plus, which is awesome to see, and you're feeling the impact on offense. But you're also seeing quickly, you know, mix in the assist tonight. And nine assists for him tonight was a really good number. I thought quickly just did a, the best job at anybody running the offense uh, for the team. And, of course, quickly and RJ, have a, just, they just know how to find each other. You know, I wouldn't call that buddy ball. But, you know, it, it's clearly that they know how to play with each other based off of New York. Uh, and they know how to feed each other. And they fed each other quite a bit tonight. So, you know, those two were good. In terms of defensive um, – assignments we, we continue to see that the Raptors are putting uh, Gary on the opposing point guards and you know that's not that much of a surprise I mean quickly has not been that strong on ball defensively off ball I think he's getting more and more comfortable and I would say he's a slight plus there right now with the Raptors but um, generally speaking uh, on ball they've used Gary for it so Gary in the last three nights has had to guard Trey Young has then had to guard uh, Tyrese Halliburton and then he has now had to guard Kyrie. So not an easy night. And Kyrie, unlike the other two, was able to lit them, uh, light them up. I think maybe one-on-one on-ball defense, Gary did okay against Kyrie. I mean, nobody really does well on an island against Kyrie. Um, but I think what Kyrie is able to do is, you know, give the ball up and come back to get the uh, ball and just move on and off the ball. And in a lot of those moments, I thought Gary was was it was just not there to keep up with, with Kyrie. You know, I mean – Kyrie scored 29, and it felt like the most normal thing in the world. So I don't think anyone really stopped his rhythm outside of, like, one or two play where Gary's was able to reach in and cause a deflection. But generally speaking, you didn't see as much defensively in terms of the impact from Gary. 
Um, I think it was always going to be interesting how the Raptors were going to guard Luka, and it was pretty clear from the start. It's like, look, Luka is going to try to play pick and roll, and the Raptors are going to try to double him. And it's a cat and mouse game between, okay, can you get him to force, can you force him to get rid of the ball? And then when he does get rid of the ball, can you rotate behind the ball, sort of collect everyone and keep everyone in front? And at first it was okay. The Raptors weren't allowing as many uh, lobs, for example. That's obviously the worst case scenario when Luka turns downhill. I mean, first off, you shouldn't even let him get downhill if you're going to trap him. But, um, you know, you're not seeing as much of that. But the first start of the game, the Mavs were doing a good job of hitting threes off of the kickout. And overall, in the balance of the game, they shot 15 of 43 from three, so 35%, which isn't even that good. But a lot of that is because Luka was really off with his own pull-up threes tonight. When it came to him setting other guys up, whether that was P.J. Washington, who finished with 23 points, his best game as a Maverick, five threes. I mean, he was really the beneficiary of a lot of these kickouts from Luka. Uh, you know, Tim Hardaway did a great job, you know, offensively against the Raptors uh, as well, especially in the first half. Those guys knocking down those threes really made it difficult for the Raptors to continue playing that uh, aggressive style of defense where they're trying to tr- send two at Luka. And I would say Luka at halftime was relatively, like, you know, you were like, okay, you, I, you can live with the fact that he's got a lot of assists, but he's only got, like, you know, a, a dozen points, let's say. The second half, though, Luka just started to do anything he wanted, especially when the Raptors defensively started to come undone more and more. First half, I think their major issue was just, okay, you know what? You're going to double the ball, and you're going to give us some threes. That's just part of the game. Like, you, what can you do? You're committing two guys on one guy. He passes it really well. It's a four on three the rest of the way. You know, like, you know, you're essentially committing to, to, to playing shorthanded. Uh, so that you can neutralize one guy. So the second half, you're, you're not maybe as giving us as much um, pressure against them. And I honestly think Luca felt like he had another gear. Like he played this game at maybe 50% speed today, and he still walked to a 30 point, 11 uh, rebound, 16 assists, triple double with tons of highlights. I mean, literally, he made like seven or eight wow type of plays. In terms of just like players you got to watch in person, watch the whole scope of their game. Luca, Wemby. Steph's coming in. Like, the Raptors, uh, Scotiabank Arena is actually very entertaining in terms of opposing team coming in. And there were, by the way, tons and tons of Mavericks fans here tonight. Lots and lots of blue in the crowd. Lots and lots of Kyrie and Luka jerseys. Um, just, just Even just watching their warm-up, uh, just literally three sections of them, just, just all around and showing love. You know, clearly you can tell that there's totally levels when it comes to fame. Uh, as as NBA players and, and Luca and Kyrie are you know you know easily top ten most popular players in the league, but uh, still, um, yeah, just in the second half. I mean, he just he kind of did whatever he wanted. And again, it, it's just he's walking past your defense. He's out muscling you. He's you know uh, getting switches onto your weaker defenders, and he's not really that selfish. So it's not like he needs to shoot the ball like. I don't think the Raptors really made him feel that kind of way where it's like, okay, I got to take over. I think the Cavs game, for example, he took over certainly many moments. But, you know, yeah, he he keeps it kind of simple. And, you know, even when he drove into the lane and he got stuck a couple times, he hit like three and ones. And there were like ridiculous and like one of the and ones he hit against Ochai. It was a a step back. What he had like a foot on the line, basically was about to take a DeMar Rosen shot. And Ochai jumped into him because he's so afraid of what Luka may do. Even with, if he wants to take a step back, full on line long to, to, honestly, that should be one of the worst shots when it just comes to just in general, theoretically, what's a bad shot? You would say, well, foot on line long two, pull up, step back. But the threat is so big that he ended up jumping into him. And Ochai's a good defender, but he didn't look good on that one. He did not look good on that one. So um, there was that, a couple other and ones. And then one where, that one just absolutely killed me. 
in terms of his scoring, where Luka drove into the lane, got stuck, had Jakob right on him, another defender right beside him, uh, a little okey-doke, a little ball fake, almost Larry Bird style, and then a little fall away, like short five-foot jumper, and he, he knocks it in. Makes it look so easy. He just lulls people to sleep. He tricks them. He uses your own fear against you. And, yeah, I mean, honestly, we didn't even see the full extent of his powers. You know, we saw one pass in the first half that, you know, drew a, a, just a, a great reaction from the crowd, people ooing on, where Luca, you know, was on the left side of the floor, drove middle with two guys on him. And not just two guys on him, but there was a, a helper on the baseline for the Raptors pulling in towards the middle of the paint, anticipating Luca on the drive. So essentially three guys guarding him, and Luca has fully got his attention looking at the right side of the floor, driving towards the right side of the floor, trying to go middle again, again, two guys. And he throws an over-the-shoulder pass against his momentum perfectly into the corner, back to the left corner, where I think Tim Hardaway Jr. was able to knock down the wide-open three. Like, it's that level of manipulation, is that level of just craft and trickery that is, I mean, chef's kiss, you know what I mean? Like, in terms of basketball played well, like, holy, that was beautiful to see. But I think for the Raptors side, look, you know, I... The Raptors still played decently. I think offensively, the starting unit was able to play really well. Um, I think for me tonight, what the disappointing thing was seeing the second unit become really neutralized. And I think the second unit has been doing really well um, in general in the last couple of games. That's been the main reason behind the Raptors' success. But you didn't see it uh, much tonight. Defensively, they couldn't do anything. I mean, the rebounding is a huge thing for them. It's Scotty plus Kelly plus Bruce Brown plus Ochai Grady. They got to really focus on getting the boards because they just got eaten alive on the glass there. I mean, Kelly, who played backup center, zero rebounds. I mean, I'm not expecting him to, you know, be Bismack Biombo and, 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 you know, collect 20 of these things. But, like, you know, still, there needs to be a better impact there. I think Scotty with that group really needs to rebound well. Bruce kind of rebounds, but, you know, he's also kind of gambling and trying to look for leak out opportunities. Grady... I think he can contribute a little bit more, even more than three. I think Grady has, you know, the the, the height to 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 uh, grab more boards. But I think defensively, there was it wasn't there for the second unit. And then offensively, you know, I think the Raptors have done a great job. Uh, and I think, generally speaking, they should do like as much of this as possible for the second unit, where it's Grady, Kelly, and Scotty uh, three man game, and they should cut off of each other. I think they did a good job of using Grady as a as a screener. They got two opportunities to score off of that. Um, one on a baseline inbound where Kelly was able to walk in for a layup, another one where another open shot was able to be made. Again, it's just because Grady's, you know, starting to really draw that attention and that command, that kind of presence from the defense. When he screens, especially when he back screens, there's usually two guys on him, and that creates opportunities for other guys to slip free or, or pop free, whatever. Um, so Grady's been, a you know, a good decoy on that front. But offensively, you know, the Mavs just did – the Mavs obviously knew what the Raptors wanted to do with the second unit, and they kind of just zoned up the weak side. And so they switched a lot of actions, but most importantly, you know, the Raptors ran their actions, but it wasn't as much of that one man-to-man with the, with the screening and the guys have to help and communicate with each other, and sometimes that leads to weaknesses. The Mavs kind of just, like, said, we're going to zone this area, and if you want to screen and cut for each other, that's cool, but someone's just going to pick you up. And that was quite effective against the Raptors' second unit. So those are things where you have learning opportunities um, especially for the Raptors as they want to continue to improve. And, and they're playing better. They are playing better. Tonight, whatever, they, they, they shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Uh, but still, they were, they, were, they were in the game against a top opponent. Um, but if they want to improve, I think the second unit, um, you know, has to find ways to where, okay, if they're going to switch everything or especially if they're going to zone everything on the weak side, well, then how are you going to get your shots open, right? Because 
mostly speaking, that second unit is not getting their own shot, right? Uh, Bruce is not getting his own shot. And honestly, Bruce calls his own number a little too often, quite frankly. And there's a lot of randomness and a lot of gambles, and not a lot of it came out tonight. 0 for 5 for the field tonight. Um, yeah, not, not great. I mean, just not a good game overall. Um, Ochai got into foul trouble, eight minutes, wasn't effective. And then Grady, he's not going to get his own shot, right? So it, it's up to the other guys to really work well off of each other and just find different ways. I mean, we even saw Kelly go for his own shot a little bit more tonight, but I think that's a function of the fact that the Raptors couldn't generate enough one-on-one. And actually, Kelly actually was a pretty good option for the second unit. But still, uh, something to be proved for the second unit, I think, for the starting groups and the transition groups. And we did see Darko switch up the lineups a little bit, partially because of foul trouble, but also partially because I think he just wanted to try a couple different things. He broke up the bench unit for the second shift. So when the uh, rest of the when, – when, when the starters came out and then, you know, whatever – Typically speaking, it's been Scotty plus bench to start the fourth quarter. But instead, this time he started the fourth quarter with Scotty, Jakob, quickly Grady, and Bruce Brown. Um, so trying different looks. You also saw a lot of Kelly closing out the fourth quarter before uh, Jakob came in late. I'm not sure entirely what that was, but the Raptors were down double digits. So maybe they want a little bit more offense. Having said that, though, I think Jakob's been a pretty good option for offense as well. So. It's not like uh, I know Kelly brings more spacing and, and maybe has definitely has more potential to hit a three. But, you know, I, I think Jakob actually was doing a decent job offensively, too, and he was helping to create space for others. In any case, tried a couple different things. It just didn't work. And I think for the most part, they needed to clean up the turnovers. They needed to clean up the unforced errors. And, you know, I think, you know, defensively, they needed to be more together because it's one thing if Luka beats you like he did, for example, well, he didn't even beat the Cavs. He really should have beat the Cavs, but, you know, the Cavs made the miracle comeback. But that one, like, Luka hit, like, five, six, seven step backs, super contested. What can you really do? You know, you got to live with that. Like, at some point, you got to hold it. But this one, you know, they couldn't really – if you're going to trap them, you can't let them get downhill. Like, I, you know, and I'm not saying it, – it's obviously easier said than done, but that's, that's the challenge in front of you. And I didn't think the Raptors met that challenge enough tonight but hey this it's a young group they've been playing well of late offensively they still showed you some good things uh, quickly and rj played really well and you know for the mavs they're desperate they're on a road trip second half of back-to-back they kind of need this one because they're playing boston after this like you know um they came in they did their job and <laughs> their star players showed you very much why they're star players and honestly credit to the role players too like you know lively did a really good job showing his energy he's really quick off the ground for a seven footer Gafford was able to pursue the offensive glass, and I feel like Gafford has always done really good against the Raptors. Feels like he always throws his weight around and more in these games against Toronto than I usually see against other teams. And then some of their supporting guys hit some good threes, like quickly hit some three, or not quickly. Uh, uh, you know, Tim Hardaway hit some threes. Josh Green hit some threes. You know, the Mavs don't need that much. Like Kyrie and Luke are guaranteed for like sixty a night, so. You know, the rest of it, they just got to do their end of the bargain, and they did their simple thing. So uh, before I get to the three stars, I want to bring you this message from our sponsor. Are you ready to get fired up for the next game? Nothing helps more than a bowl of Campbell's new chunky, spicy chicken noodle soup. Let me tell you, it's got tons of seasoned chicken, veggies, and noodles, all in a tasty, spicy broth. So it'll fill you up and get you fired up. So take your day to the next level and see if you can handle the heat with the new chunky, spicy chicken noodle soup. Okay. There are three stars from this loss to the Mavericks. First star for me, I'm going to go with quickly. 28 points, five rebounds, nine assists, two steals. One of his best games offensively. He continues to look more and more comfortable. I think he's balanced out both the scoring and also the playmaking here tonight. He ran a lot of pick and roll to Jakob. Maybe that's just the key. He just needs to run more pick and roll in particular. 
I even thought he used his floater in, in the right moments. It wasn't necessarily one-on-one, try to get a shot, go to the floater. It was kind of like, okay, a guy closes out, he attacks, dribbles to close out, and instead of going all the way to the basket and, and, and challenging the big, using the floater to sort of like that in-between shot. It was like a plan B, a counter to things, instead of like the main kind of weapon. And uh, yeah, it looked really effective for him. But he, uh, he was strong. He was solid. I, I, I'm enjoying his game quite a bit. Second star, I'm going to give it to Jakob. 16 points, 7 rebounds, 3 offensive, 6 assists, 4 steals, 3 blocks. He was just, you know, if the Raptors played any defense, it was because of Jakob. <laughs> Jakob was the one creating that defense. And then, of course, a lot of screen assists, a lot of just creating space for his teammates, a lot of, like, dump-offs with him finishing it off. A couple times the Raptors have been using him in the post, and I don't mind necessarily if it's, like, I don't know. But if the second defender comes at Jakob, I always want him to pass the ball. You know, like, I don't really see him playing with enough force to play through that contact. Yes, he's big. Yes, he has soft hands. But, like, you know, it, to me, when, he's, when he gets contact, you know, he's not that type of, like, low post score where he's going to play through the contact. If he was, I mean, damn, he'd be amazing. But in any case, he was still quite good and still quite disruptive. So, Jakob's going to get the second star. And then your third star, I'll give it to RJ. I, I, if he hits four threes, I mean, that's a really good night. Nine of 16 from the field, five rebounds, six assists. There's a couple of things with RJ. It's just like when he drives and he doesn't score, a lot of times it reminds me of old DeMar where it's like when he drove and he was he attacked and he didn't score, it, he wouldn't, it wasn't like DeMar where he would fall over and complain as much. But, like, I feel like for RJ, whenever he misses those, it's a fast break on the other side for the other team. So maybe just finding the right balance and, and picking his spots a little bit better. But Zach did, did a good job. Uh, some nice little high-low passes as well into the post to feed Jakob, to feed Kelly. You know, had a pick and pop with Kelly for three as well. That was nice to see. Shouts to Team Canada. Um, but, yeah, you know, RJ is, uh, you know, he had a really good game. 26 points, five rebounds, six assists for RJ. Only one turnover, 9 of 16 from the field. It's just the free throws, though. Like, I don't know what it's going to take, but he's now under 60%, I think, from the foul line as a Raptor. Like, it's wild. Like, you should not be shooting free throws at a lower percentage than Jakob, who's shooting literally one-handed free throws. So I would love to see that improve. But otherwise, he played a really good game. Your Gerald Henderson Award winner for who randomly killed the Raps. Could have picked a lot of options here. Tim Hardaway is a good option here. Daniel Gafford, you know, made an impact. I got to give it to P.J. Washington, though. I mean, I've been watching these Mavs games. He's new to the team. He hasn't really made this type of impact. 23 points, seven rebounds for him, a couple stops as well, three blocks. Um, yeah, I mean, if this is the P.J. Washington game every single night, if he shoots a three at that effectively where he makes five threes, you know, all of a sudden the Mavs look really dangerous. But I don't know. I feel like this is more of a hot night, more of a one-off. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'll track the Mavs a little bit more. But Raps are done playing the Mavs. Raps are going to have another day off. Uh, probably Actually, they'll probably practice tomorrow, have their little pizza party. And then uh, on Friday, we'll be back to play the Golden State Warriors. So I'll be back to recap that game. But in the meantime, just want to say thank you to everyone listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to The Raptor Show. And you've been listening to The Raptor Reaction Podcast, brought to you by Campbell's new Chunky Spicy Soup. Good night.